Your job is to think about what you can bring into the world, how you can be a problem solver for your buyer, and they'll buy it from you or they won't. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 6565 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover one simple thing, how to make more money with every single email that you send. Now, today, I'll be talking to Mr. Craig Garber, the king of copy and the author of How to Make Maximum Money with Minimum Customers. Now, we're going to talk about today how to get leads, how to increase the value of these leads, and how to lower the acquisition cost of these leads. Now, this reminds me of Perry Marshall's conversion triangle, where you've got three main things in any business. You've got the traffic that's coming in, the conversion that you're, you know, you've got to convert that traffic and make it do something, and then the economics, which is where you uh, increase the amount of money that they're going to spend with you. So that's where you sell products, sell services, whatever. Okay, so that's a little bit about what we're talking about today, how to bring those leads in, how to uh, lower the acquisition cost, which is the conversion stage, and how to increase the value, which is the products. And this is Craig Garber's main expertise. He started as a copyright. He's very high priced. He charges, looks like $60,000 for a proper funnel and strategy. And uh, he does most of his uh, bread and butter is publishing and consulting and all this sort of stuff. So I'm really, uh, really honored to have him on the show today. Now to get the show notes for this episode of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash six. Five. Now, this week's McMaster's Inside of the Week is a good one. Now, in, in case you don't know, McMaster's is my private training community where you can get uh, training products like the McIntyre Method pages that convert. It's all in the community. You can also jump in the forum, ask me questions. You know, it's the best way to get access to me, uh, daily access. I'm in the forum every day, posting, answering questions, all that sort of stuff. So that's McMaster's. Let's talk about this insight. So Joy stated a little while back, I think I'm doing my sales funnel wrong. What should my sales funnel look like? So this is a very, it's a good question. It's a very, uh, you might say, a fundamental question. Not so much basic, but it's fundamental in that your sales funnel is is to get back to that Perry Marshall thing. It's that's the conversion mechanism. That's how you're taking the traffic and making it buy something. So it's important. But if you, I mean, say Joy, for example, she's in a position where she has a website that gets a lot of traffic and a lot of organic traffic. So she's not doing paid traffic, as far as I know. So for her sales funnel, my suggestion was that the before she does anything else, she needs to start, you know, optimizing the traffic that she has. So she needs to have an opt-in on every single page of that site. She needs to optimize those opt-ins so that she's getting the maximum amount of leads every day and every month. Right, and then the next stage would be to work on the, say, the email marketing side of things, and and work on creating story-based, you know, emails that sell, you know, every day, every three days, whatever, and then take the cash that that generates, and then go and start building a more complex sales funnel, which you can use on paid traffic. Okay, now once you get into paid traffic, the sales funnel can it gets a little bit more complicated, but it's still. I mean, you can boil it down to a few simple things, which is you need to be able to buy the traffic and make a profit on it. And the sales funnel is just how, that, that, that's what you use to make a profit on it. So you need to find ways to convert people at a higher rate and make more money every time they buy something. So this is things like upsells. This is things like autoresponders. It's very simple. And uh, you know, we'll talk about that another time. We might talk about that. I think we talked about that last week with Mike Colella. Okay. So you might want to go check out that episode if you haven't done so yet. 
So at the very least, the actionable takeaway right now, and this is why the McMaster's Inside of the Week is here, is uh, if you haven't already, you need to make sure that you have an opt-in box on every single page of your site, and uh, you need to optimize that. So however much traffic you get, set up a split test, and literally a ghetto split test is what I call them. This is where you you know say, all right, I'm going to need a thousand visitors or two thousand visitors to really get some to statistically significant stats here. And then you go, all right, well maybe it's going to take two weeks to do that. So you just in a spreadsheet, you write the date, you know, June one to June fourteen, and uh, then you just write down the traffic that you got for that, and you're. Uh, the amount of unique visitors and the amount of opt-ins you got. And then you work out your opt-in rate. Then you change something. And then you say June 15 to June 20, what was that? June 15 to June 29 is uh, another two weeks. Run it again and see if your change improved, changing the copy, changing the offer, changing something, changing the layout, changing. Maybe you added a pop-up plugin or a Dream Grow slider plugin. Just do that. You do that over and over again. You're going to get a really high opt-in rate on your site. And then it's going to be time to use some of the, the knowledge you've learned in the email marketing podcast to make that make those leads buy something. Okay, that's it for now. Now as for reviews, oh, by the way, I keep forgetting to mention this. If you want to learn more about McMasters or get into the community, you can check it out at themcmethod.com slash McMasters. Now, reviews. If you want to leave a review and spread the word about the email marketing podcast, that money-pulling goodness, <laughs> go to the iTunes store, search for the McMethod email marketing podcast, leave me a review. I will read it out on the show and uh, shoot me an email too to say you've just left me a review. I will give you a virtual high-five and uh, you know, if you come to Chiang Mai, I'll buy a coffee or a beer, whatever you want. Got one listener question, then we'll get into this interview. Today's question is, how do you generate traffic? <laughs> good question. It's, uh, you know, if we could all solve that, if we all could answer that with a really you know, good solid answer, we, you know, we'd all be rich. You've got two options, especially, you know, we're talking about online. Two options, you've got organic or paid. So organic is you're doing search engines, blog, you know, that kind of thing. It's free in the sense you don't spend money for it, assuming you're doing all the SEO yourself. But uh, it takes a long, long time, unless you really know what to do. I got friends who are great at SEO and they know how to use you know, private blog networks and uh, some of the spamming tools out there and they can get things ranked very quickly. But unless you've been doing this for a while and you really know what you're doing, it's not gonna work that way. It's gonna take you a long, long time to make to generate traffic with SEO, okay? So that's your long-term, your slow burner strategy. If you wanna get things going fast, grab some cash and just make a decision that you're gonna figure out paid traffic, whatever your budget is, whether it's, you can only afford to spend five bucks a day or 150 bucks a month. That's cool. At least do it, right? I, I kind of shudder when I think about it. if I just started spending 10 bucks a day on paid traffic two years ago, where I would be today, okay? So whether it's $5 or $10 or $20 or $50 a day, just go and start doing paid traffic and use the information you've learned in this podcast to build the sales funnel, okay? That's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Craig Garber. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Craig Garber. Now, Craig is uh, known as the king of copy. And uh, he got started as a copywriter, but uh, now he's moved into, I think his main area is, cons- he likes consulting, publishing. He's got a great website with it. He tells me over 2,000 pieces of content, webinars, a whole bunch of cool stuff. And uh, now while he got started as a copywriter, his main thing now is basically building systems to get leads, dramatically increasing the value of those leads, and then uh, lowering those acquisition costs. So this is uh, some really cool stuff, sort of advanced, I think, uh, but um, extremely valuable to a business that's in operation. So we're going to talk about that. And one thing you mentioned before we before I hit record is that uh, he's a little bit different to some of the other copywriters out there and the, the marketers where there's less hype and less aggression and less trying to make them feel bad about themselves and just, you know, copy that makes them feel good but also makes them buy stuff. Be, you know, it's be nice copy. I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute. Craig, how you doing, mate? Good, John. Thanks. Uh, good to be here. 
Yeah, man. Good to have you on the show. Before we uh, get into the uh, content for the day, uh, give the listener a bit of a background. I tried to do a little bit, but you can probably do a better job of uh, a background of you know who you are, where you're from, what you do. All righty. Uh, you did a good job. Uh, basically, um, I grew up in the Bronx, in probably the worst area of the world you could live in. And uh, I actually you know, had a pretty shitty home life. And uh, I knew I had to get the hell out of there in every single way possible. Went to college and became a CPA, believe it or not. Uh, got into sales after a few years as an accountant. And then I was a financial planner. I had my own financial planning practice at the time. And I worked with Mostly business, high net worth business, individuals and business owners managing their money and setting up shareholder agreements, buy sell agreements, funding them with insurance and stuff like that. And uh, I bought a mark. But at this, but having said that, you know, I did okay for myself. But it was more like because I was real diligent about follow up. But I was like most small business owners. You know, you get a client in front of me and I can convert it. But I didn't know how to get the clients. So on a whim, I saw this ad in the the uh, industry in a uh, insurance industry trade magazine for some marketing program. So I bought it and I was like all in. I bought the top level and that stuff, monthly continuity. And um, it was really eye-opening for me because for whatever reason, the program didn't work. It was a good program. It's just, you know, I think sometimes you look back, you can't connect the dots moving forward. You go back and you look and I think it didn't work because it wasn't my destiny to, to stay as a financial planner. I would, I'd be on the phone with the people. They'd be like, listen, I don't know what's going on. You're like so much more advanced with this. You've taken it to all kinds of levels. I don't know why it's working. Anyway, it didn't work because that wasn't my destiny. But it taught me so much. It learned, uh, it opened my eyes to direct response. And I learned for the first time that you can attract business instead of chasing it down. And for me, that was, and this is, you know, it happened in 93, in 93, I believe. No, in 2000. And so, that was my biggest aha moment. It still has been because, you know, the fact that you could attract leads instead of chasing it down, it was such a relief because I found the process of, you know, you're basically begging for business. And I found that so degrading, degrading for me as the professional, quote, professional, and degrading for the customer who's like, you know, getting getting hounded. I, I wasn't rude or anything, but it was just constant follow up, follow up. And I said there had to be a better way. So that's what direct response opened my eyes to. And, um, I had started getting in, into copywriting and, and writing my own copy for my pieces, and I started studying. I, I bought a lot of Gary, late Gary Halbert stuff, and I was living in Fort Lauderdale at the time. I live in Tampa, Florida now, and um, Halbert I found out lived in Miami, which is just you know 25, 30 minutes from Fort Lauderdale where I live. So I, I put uh, my first long form sales letter together for Gary, and it was a forty page letter. I told him about my background, everything you know, everything I'd learned to do. You used the sales I, letter. To get in touch yeah. with Gary. That's badass, man. I had an order form in there. I had a uh, – this, this is back before, you know, you could download music. I, I read in some interview I heard on an interview he liked Neil Young. So I burned – remember this? I, I, you probably don't, but I they used to – you have to burn a CD. So I, I burned a CD on my old computer, uh, you know, downloaded this bootleg cover, put a whole package together for the guy, mailed it out to him, had an order form in there, testimonials. And the call to action was basically, look – can I buy you lunch and spend a half hour with you? Um, I think I'm really good at this. And I'd like to do this for a living. But, you know, my daughter at the time had just been born. And I, you know, I had three kids and I said, I don't want to, you know, be thinking that I could do this. And I don't really know. Because, you know, like everything in life, some you don't know the – sometimes things seem easy, but they're never actually easy. There's always more to it than the surface. And I said, you know, I wonder if this guy would talk to me for a half hour and, and educate me. Uh, you know, that was my that, – my, that was my, my – 
drop down offer. My real, my big call to action was, would you mentor me for six months? Or no, would you mentor me? You know, and I didn't, and I said, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that's looking for free stuff. I'm just looking for an opportunity to learn. I'll, you know, work for free, whatever. Anyway, so I send this package out to the guy and I mail it to him and I don't hear anything for a week and a half. So I did what every other good uh, marketing person does. I put the package together again, burned the CD, the whole nine yards, and I mailed it out to him again a second time. Waited two weeks, nothing. And I said, okay, let me just see if I can do something different. So I, this is when I think the internet, like, you know, it's just been around a little bit. So I found a woman that I knew Gary did business with. And I told her my story. And I said, listen, can you help me get this letter in front of him? She goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. She goes, send it to me and I will FedEx it to him. So I sent like a FedEx inside a FedEx. So she got it. A week and a half later on a Tuesday, I get a phone call Tuesday afternoon around 4.30. And I see on the caller ID, Gary Halbert. And I said, holy crap. So, you know, it's like being a guitar player and, you know, you see Eric Clapton, or, you know, or Jimmy Page on the phone for you, right? So I you know, talked to him and he said, yeah, I got your package, you know, and I, you know, I'll be happy to meet with you. He goes, I'll give you a call. Some, I'll give you a call next week. And I said, okay, no problem. But I wrote down his number because I worked too hard to get that lead, man. I'm not waiting for you to call me back. So the following Monday, I call him up and I said, hey, this is Craig Garber. Remember we spoke last week? He told me to give you a call. I just wanted to follow up with you. Can we get together this week? He goes, oh, yeah, come down. So I came down that week, Thursday or Friday. We spent, uh, went down to Pink's on South Beach, for, had lunch together. And, um, uh, you know, he asked me questions. And he, the, some of the questions he asked me, I didn't understand why. Um, they were more like life questions. But in, in retrospect, now I understand them. But he said uh, he was willing to mentor me. So I worked with him for six months and he basically launched my career. You know, he took me to a seminar. He got, got my first clients there and, you know, that was that. And uh, so I had a good opportunity. So that was, uh, you know, March of 2000, I think. So here we are. And uh, what I do now is, you know, I, I probably take on one or two copywriting jobs a year, big ones. You know, I have smaller things I work with, but I spend most of my time consulting with clients. I've worked in over, uh, if you go to my website, kingofcopy.com, um, I've worked in over 102 different industries with more than 300 clients. Uh, I spend most of my time consulting with them, helping them build, you know, lead generation systems uh, that typically get them much better qualified clients and uh, much higher rates of response. And I also help them increase the value of those clients. And in that process often is, as you said, we were able to lower acquisition costs as well. Um, I publish products. I publish an offline newsletter. We just started our ninth year. It's called Seductive Selling. Yeah, publish marketing programs, and then I have some other side businesses that I work on as well outside of kingofcopy.com. So there you go. Man, you're doing it all. I love, I love this story about Gary Howard, man. I had no idea. That's such a, that's such a badass, you know, Genesis story. Thanks, thanks. It was, uh, of course, I have a, I turned it into a product. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but um, look, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes when you don't know anything, you, you are more apt to do things that when you have a little more information, you're a little more afraid of. And I think that's where I was at that stage in my life. I didn't have any formalities. I was being sincere and I wasn't looking to get anything off the guy. I just wanted to ask him a question, spend a half hour. I had a guarantee in there. I said, if you, you know, if you think I'm an asshole, um, I'll, I'll, I'll donate $250 to your favorite charity. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess the guy met with me and he saw, you know, I'm not the kind of guy, uh, you know, I've got a really good work ethic. Um, you know, I, I literally come from nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I, he saw that I wasn't, you know, a lot of people will, I'll never forget what Gary said. Once I, I wrote my first sales letter for him, it was really, um, it was compelling. It's kind of jaded, but it was very true. He said, I was, I was sitting on his couch in Miami and he looked at me and he said, Craig, congratulations. Now 
all anyone is going to want from you the rest of your life is a free sales letter. And I didn't know what he meant by that. But, you know, unfortunately, that's some of the stuff you have to deal with out there. But I guess he saw I'm not that guy. You know, I'm, I'm not the guy that looks for anything for free. That's an abnormal thing for me because I've done everything myself, which is good and bad. Um, cause sometimes you should probably, I should probably be more willing and I'm getting better at that at accepting and asking for help. But, um, I, I think being green like that was probably why I, I, um, you know, I did it. I, I really just felt a responsibility to my family. I didn't want to make any stupid moves financially. Yeah. That was really, what it was. yeah. I mean, it reminds me a bit of, uh, like I mentioned this podcast before. I mean, it, it, nowhere near on the same level, but like this podcast, we only, this would be episode 50 or 60 by the time it goes live. And uh, sort of people who've come on here, I think I mentioned them before, call, like John Carlton and, and Perry Marshall, some of these guys. And, uh, you know, now I know after doing this is they're not actually very hard to talk, like to get in contact with. Some of these guys have gotten them on, fa- on Facebook. But yeah. the mere fact that I've had, you know, a 30-minute call or an hour call or whatever it is with them and then that goes public, it's generated so much social proof would be the best word for it. And uh, it's not even that hard to like. Most people just don't know how easy it actually is when you get out there and you hustle a little bit. So like, and I'm just I'm just sending the messages on Facebook and via email. I mean, this is and I follow up a lot. You know, I'll go with sure. I think, some of them. I think John, I think I had to follow up more than 20 times with his assistant until we finally locked in a time. So it does take a little bit of effort. But sure. I think uh, you know your story right here is just a great example that when you hustle, when you actually when you want something, you're like I'm going to get that. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to try anything. You, it's almost impossible to fail. Yeah, and you know what? I also I was just using the formula that I had learned from these guys, and I had seen it work in my financial planning business. Um, and I said, well, it's a little, if it works, it works. You know, people are people, so you just got to keep following up. I believed in it, and um, you know, there's no downside. What did it cost me? An hour to put together the package each time? It was nothing. So it was, it was, there was very a lot of upside, and no downside. It would have been so. a lot of fun too, burning that CD out and. That would have been fun. Yeah, it, it was it was exciting. And when I saw him call, it was like, wow, this is it was almost surreal because you know at that time I'm thinking, wow, this is like I said, it, it feels like a a superstar in your little world is calling. That'd be an interesting strategy to use for. Like, I wonder how many people you could use that for. Like, I wonder if it, I wonder if you get in touch with like Brad Pitt or Will Smith, send them a package, read a few interviews with them, <laughs> an idea of what they're into, and you know that, and then come up with a package like this and, and do it. You know, send a few of them. Like, I wonder if you could do this with with some really high up people that would just otherwise be impossible think, to contact. But I think people like that have major gatekeepers, so that might put the kibosh on that. You know. The, let me tell you right now, the other thing that the reason why Halbert met with me, and I can tell you this 100% because I'm the same way, I spent money with him. And there's a big difference when a customer of yours who spent a decent amount of money with you uh, calls on you and, and asks something of you than when someone says, hey, I've been on your list for five years and I love your stuff. Can I do blah, blah, blah? And then you look on your shopping cart and you're like, that's interesting. So he's been on my list for five years and he loves me. But he's never spent a dime and now he's asking for something else for free besides, you know, the 500 tips I put out in that time. Hmm. So, you know, don't don't kid yourself. There's a business component of it as well that is in effect there. It's not likely that the guy that's the, the, the second guy is, is going to get through to anybody because it's, you know, it's, it's not somebody who sort of takes that road has other uh, baggage, but personality quirks that make the kind of relationships they want incongruent and impossible you know just it's it's just uh you know the guy that's done the right thing there's there's a lot of opportunities that can come to that for both of you 
you know, but the guy that's kind of like, you know, the constant, the freeloader who loves your stuff and, and has never spent a dime with you, there's very little that will ever come of that. You know, how you do one thing is how you do everything I've learned. So, um, your, your, you know, your qualities are pretty consistent throughout. Yeah. I've found with, with a lot of these guys who's, you know, seem to be up there and, you know, they're quite successful. I, I think for me, I mean, I usually boil it down to, maybe it sounds a bit too simple, but I usually boil it down to just be cool. Like, just yeah. don't treat them like they're a god and don't look down on them. You know, be be their friend. Be cool. And uh, that gets you, I mean, that gets you 90% of the way there. Because, uh, like, if you're being cool, of course, yeah, it's, it's going to make sense. Of course you want to buy one of their products. If you actually care about who they are and what they do, of course you want to buy one of their products. It's like a little bit of common sense. Yeah. You know, it's like going to a restaurant and, you know, hey, I really like your restaurant. You know, can I have some free food? Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a great example. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, well, that doesn't even make sense. But yet people do it to people who sell intellectual property and they feel it's different. You know, some some people will say, hey, well, I just have a question for you. And, I, and I'll say, hey, no problem. You know, you can book some consulting time on my website. Well, it's just a question. I said, I'll tell you what. You know, call up a New York attorney and tell him, I got a question for you. Let me, you know, when can we talk and see what the response is? Mm. You know, it's just for, you know, it's, it's, and the problem is if someone doesn't value your intellectual property, they're not going to value their own intellectual property. And that is often one of the, the bottlenecks and why they're not making the kind of money or at where they, where they want to be at. That's all right. I haven't thought about it that way. That's a great point. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, this forte of yours: building systems to get qualified leads, and then pumping up the value of that. What's I don't know, give me the forty thousand foot view. Where's the best place to start? Um, basically, the, the the most effective way of doing this is is uh, using something called two step lead generation. And this uh, I have loads of old books and magazines, and really it was started like in the the earliest I've seen it in the late eighteen hundreds, and for most people that are listening to this call, you're probably familiar with, um, if you've seen ads for, um, now I'm having a brain fart, uh, Atlas, the Charles Atlas Dynamic Tension System. Have you ever seen those old ads? You're young, so you may not have. Charles Atlas was a guy that used to run uh, ads in, comic, in like every comic book imaginable during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And he still runs the ads. But Atlas, it was he had a whole series of cartoon stories called um, you know, the make, making a man out of Mac. And it's basically this guy that gets sand, this scrawny guy that gets sand kicked in his face at the beach. And, you know, Mac feels like crap and this big guy walks around and he, he gets his girlfriend or something like that. So Mac says, I'm going to go get fit. So he goes to Charles Atlas and buys his system. And the next time the guy comes on the beach, Mac, you know, uh, beats the crap out of him or something. Anyway, so Charles Atlas ran these ads and the ad would say something like, and I actually have a webinar on my site. It's called how to get, you just go to my site. There's a pop-up and it, the, the actual ad is on that webinar. But you, you basically have a little ad that says, Hey, would you like to have bigger muscles, be more fit, you know, stop getting sand kicking your face. Um, no problem. Uh, order this book. It's only 25 cents, uh, 17 ways to, to 17 ways to, you know, lose fat, reduce this, whatever. Right. Then you get the book that comes out to your house, and the book has all this information. And at the end of the book, it says something really simple like this. If you think the techniques in this book can help you out, and if you want to learn more about them, we have this system, the Charles Atlas Dynamic Tension System, and here's what's included in the system, blah, 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 and here's how much it costs, and it will really help you out. And see, what that does is this process, and now obviously you can do it online. In fact, it's probably in almost every industry, it's too costly to do it offline unless you have a, you know, if you have a good size back, 
that's not true. If you're selling anything with a uh, customer value of $2,000 or $1,000 and up, you can use this offline. You should. But anyway, um, so what this does is where most people do is they put an ad out there and it says, buy my stuff. And, you know, 99.999% of the people that see it are going to say no. And then they move on. And, you know, if serendipity occurs and your paths cross later, you say, oh, yeah, I remember I saw that 10 years ago. I want to buy it now. But what you have these ads, what they do is these free report, it's establishing a relationship because in one of these booklets, you're going to discuss, you know, first of all, you're giving away some great content. So you're positioning yourself as an authority. Uh, the second thing is the customer came to you for this information. You're not chasing them down saying, hey, hey, do you want to buy this? you want to buy this? Uh, so you have a different sort of relationship. You're controlling the relationship. And then now you've got the contact information so you can stay in touch with them, especially online. You get a simple email, right? So now you could follow up and continue to build and develop that relationship so the people get to see, the customers, your buyers get to see who this person really is. And the level of trust you're able to develop with something like that is much quicker and much more effective than, hey, do you want to buy my stuff? So uh, it allows much quicker conversions. It allows you to sell at much higher price points, and it positions you from day one as an authority. And it's just a much cleaner, much, much gentler system and much more effective. Okay. So online we're talking about basically driving traffic to like a squeeze page or some page where someone can get a free report and then they, they get it and you get their email address and then you send them, <clears throat> I mean this is a classic you know, internet marketing thing, where you get a squeeze page, give them a free report then send them emails to make them buy stuff. Correct, correct. But it could be, it doesn't have to be a free report. Like on, on our, we do free report, webinar, you know, loads of stuff. But the, the thing is there's four situations where you almost are, if you don't do it, you're screwed. One of them if, is, is if you're selling something expensive. Why? Because people aren't just handing over lots of cash without any info. Hmm. The second thing is if you're selling something complicated, it's di difficult for the consumer to understand. For example, things like life insurance, uh, some legal procedures, medical procedures, right? Uh, third is if you're selling something that has a long lead time. So from the time you buy it to the time the service is delivered, like home remodeling, for example, the, the thing that's good about that is you control the whole process in this free report. So you're preventing any, you know, when you have big projects like that, you know, shit happens. And you're, if you're smart, you've done your, your lead generation properly, you're preventing any, any mishaps. And, and also in certain industries, the person's a lot more vulnerable to get somebody else in there. You know, like, for example, life insurance. So it takes a long lead time for that because you got to take a medical exam. So lots of times, if there's any glitches and stuff along the way, someone else comes along. Now that the people have made a commitment to buy life insurance, well, they're a lot more open to get another agent in there. Mm. By you having this free report and the ongoing follow-up, you're controlling that process better. And then the fourth one is if you're dealing in an industry where there's a high level of uh, skepticism or unscrupulousness, which is, you know, let's face it, a lot of industries nowadays. And the free report allows you, again, to be transparent and see that it's your opportunity to say, you know, that's what, this is your differential. You're able to identify your differential in there and show how you're different. So this two-step concept is, honestly, man, it's like the eighth wonder of the world for me. <laughs> I it think, really I've wondered, I mean, maybe I'm, <clears throat> I haven't been around for long, you know, doing this, been a couple of years. So maybe I'm just too new to kind of see it. But, but I'm, I'm 
I've wondered before, like, because I mean, online everyone does. It's always like, you know, you get a website, and it's like download my free ebook. And uh, I have mm-hmm. a hunch. I don't have any actual data to really say this with any sort of confidence, but the hunch is that everyone's so used to ebooks, at least online. It'd probably be a different ballgame when you go off, but at least online, everyone gets so used to ebooks or so used to what everyone else is doing that it starts to lose its effectiveness. When because what we're really talking about is give them something free, some resource, whether it's a report or something else along those lines, uh, and then selling to them after that like is the whole free report model is that over is, has that been do you think it's been overdone or is it always going to work or are there better ways of going about doing that well in my opinion i think you got to touch people across as many different medias as possible you know print by far is the toughest media to sell it so there's a lot of issues when you have a free report number one is it well written um number two is there character in there Number three is is there usable content in there that the people, your buyers can actually apply and learn from? Number four, how do you sell in there? Listen, we've all downloaded free report. Man, we've all bought information that is just so hard. You know, you wouldn't line your birdcage with it. So it's just a lot of things. I think nowadays, if you're smart, you want to take advantage of multiple medias like audio, audio. print, video, uh, webinars, things like that. Because everybody, you know, there's three kinds of buying modes. There's auditories, you know, people hear. There's visuals, people see. And then there's kinesthetics, they go by feel. And the more senses you engage across more different media, uh, the better, the, the more likely you are to engage your buyer on one of those levels. And because, as you said, there is so much of, hey, free report, free ebook, whatever, because there is so much of that, you really got to do a good job on everything you're doing. The other thing is, and I talk about this in my book, the, the, the two ways, there's really only two ways you develop chemistry and rapport and people get to see who you are. And um, it's frequency and consistency. You know, you any relationship you have, the good ones that you have, right, the better relationship you have, I, I guarantee you that you're either seeing, they're either better relationships because you have more frequent contact with people or, I said consistency, I'm sorry. I mean, the quality or when you do have an interaction with someone, the depth of that conversation and the quality of that experience that you walk away from is really good. So unless you're doing both of those things anyway, it's not going to work. If you, you know, I, I have signed into many a website where I get something. I don't hear for the people for God knows how long. And then the next thing I hear a month later is when they're selling me something, I immediately unsubscribe. That's not the relationship I'm interested in having. So you look for frequency and depth of, and quality. And if you put those two things together on a consistent basis, you know, you'll have a very good relationship with people. You know? And as long as you're consistent, where, where I, had a, I had a client years ago um, in a mastermind group I used to run, and um, he never really had a good relationship with his list, a super nice guy. And the reason was because every week he was kind of selling something different. And I said, you know, you can't, tell somebody uh, this is the best way to make money one day. And I, and I don't only have money, you know, make money clients. In fact, I don't have very many of those. Most of my clients are proper businesses. Not, not that make money is not, but they're not biz ops. I don't, I don't like that biz op niche anyway. So, uh, but I said, you can't tell someone, hey, this is the best way to make money this week. Then next week, oh, here's a great way to make money. Then it's real estate biz op. And it's like, Come on, man. You know, what if, you know, I met you in person and every week I try to sell you that stuff. You'd be like, oh my God, I got to get away from this guy, right? I said, so inside, whenever you're in a selling position, everybody always has a track. Your buyers are always, you're always running on a track on their mind. And that track is, where's this guy going to screw up? And 
what people are looking for is inconsistency. Even if they don't know this and they, they, if you ask them what they're looking for, they couldn't articulate it. But the glitch that people have is when they see something out of whack, they may not say, well, he's being inconsistent because, but they'll say something's not right here. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. And as a salesperson, when you're running on that track, you got to be aware of it. You got to be super consistent. You know, you can't have a different game every week. It's just not how you know, successful people work and they're not going to, that's how successful people respond to you. Yeah, man. That's in- it's interesting you say that because, you know, we talk a lot about autoresponders on uh, on this podcast, and some of the people listening, they're going to have an autoresponder. I've been asked before, can you promote multiple products? And uh, I mean, like I said, the answer is yes, but but it's not yep. as simple as that. You can't. You're going to completely destroy your credibility if you jump from one product to the next. You, unless there's a logical yeah. reason, you can't just. I think some people think that if they get some traffic and they get it to opt in and they get it onto a list, that they can just do whatever the hell they want. And they don't have, the list isn't people. It's not, they're not real people on that list. They're just numbers. And if they just send out lots of offers, they'll make lots of money. But it doesn't work like that. It's, yeah. it's, these are real people and you have to build a real relationship. And that means that you have to kind of play by certain rules. Correct. And that is, you're 100% right. I have not had too many mentors in my life, but I had one guy that was a mentor of mine who got passed away. Everybody I have mentors, but they die. So don't become my mentor. Um, <laughs> Gary Halbert died and my friend Christian died. Anyway, but Christian Godfrey, a real successful guy over in Europe, and he said to me one time, I went to visit him in Portugal because when my wife was in England, um, I had to either hang out with my mother-in-law or go somewhere else. So it was a very easy decision to go somewhere else. So uh, I I visited Christian. We spent like a week together. and He said to me one time, he said, Craig, I was stuck on writing something. And he said, Craig, think about what you want to bring into the world not what you want to get out of it. And that always stuck with me the rest of my life. And this is about 10 years ago he told me this. And um, the thing is, you, you, you can't, everybody wants to make money. But you know, that's your problem. And I always, I have this saying, don't make your problems my problems. Your job is to think about what you can bring into the world, how you can be a problem solver for your buyer. And they'll buy from you or they won't. But you can't have the mindset of, man, I got to get some money out of my list, you know, and um, that might work once, you know, but you're not going to stick around a long time with that sort of mentality and you're not going to get a lot of respect. Yeah, so, I, I think this is kind of like, I mean, this took me a while to get it. It's saying like the whole fundamental entrepreneurial you know, realization where making money isn't actually about making money. It's actually about finding people who have problems and basically solving them and charging for it. Correct. Right. And that the best salespeople are not good salespeople. They're not slick operators. They're good problem solvers and they're able to listen and, and understand and ask good questions and figure out what's really the trouble here and, and then delivering solutions that make people's lives easier. Mm. You know, they're not, these guys, you know, lots of exclamation points and, you know, whatever. Uh, your cash register is like, computers like a cash register. You know, that, that's not, that's that's this is like, uh, you know, people say that, you know, if someone's a good salesman, they say, you know, he, that guy could sell ice to Eskimos. But that, yeah. that, would be the, that guy would be the sleaziest salesman ever because Eskimos don't yeah. need ice. So even if you could sell them ice, they're not going to come back and buy anything else from you because they just realize that you can miss them to buy ice and they don't actually need ice. So yeah, you'll work once. You're right, John. Yeah, yeah man. All right, Craig. Well, uh, we're right on time here. Before we go, where's the best place for the listener to go and uh, check out your stuff and learn more about you? And I know you've got a book out there as well. Yeah, I have a book out called How to Make Maximum Money with Minimum Customers. And uh, anybody listening to this 
podcast can go to maxmoneyprogram.com and uh, you'll get the book. You can uh, try my offline Max Money Club, which comes with my monthly newsletter. It's, you can try it for free. Um, you get membership site online that you get is like reports, 12 reports, free issue of my newsletter. You get to participate on a monthly call. We have audio access to every prior call we've had, video case studies of upsells, copywriting critiques, everything. You can try that for free when you go to that website uh, and order the book there. It's maxmoneyprogram.com. If you're in the States, it's even free shipping. And you can go to my site at kingofcopy.com and check out all the uh, stuff there. Like like you said, we have about 2,000 posts on there. I've been around a long time. And uh, I have free webinars, tons of information. uh, You'll learn a lot on the site. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll have links to those things in the show notes at themcmethod.com. So people need to go get the links. Great. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been good. John, I appreciate your time. Hope I gave you guys some good information. And uh, thanks for inviting me. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.